Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode in the Movie Screen Quarantine Series. If you're new here, what I'm doing is I'm inviting friends through Zoom to talk about any topic regarding movies. Today, I'm here with my friend Trevor, and we're going to talk about our top 10 favorite movie characters. How's it going, Trevor? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you, McNeil? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited about this. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's been a while since you've been on the show, so I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, and I've been wanting to come back for a while. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, before we get started... Uh, talk a little bit about why you like movies or what type of characters you like, since that's the episode we're doing. Shoot. Um, this question came out of nowhere. Never saw it coming. <laughs> um, I, I like movies just because like, I like to analyze things. I'm a very analytical person, and yeah. analyzing movies is a really fun way to um, kind of tap into that because all movies are different everything um there's so many different ways to look at movies and comparing two movies is like comparing apples and oranges most of the time so it's really fun to really dive into all the different aspects such as characters and as far as when with characters i usually i look a lot into the way the character is written and how they fit into the story itself okay yeah, yeah, I get that. I kind of like movies that are ambiguous and that kind of, you know, where they allow you to analyze it, kind of like you're talking about. I'm I'm really big into movies that do that. Um, characters, my characters are all over the place. I don't really like any type of particular character. I do like crazy villains. That is a big thing for me. So you'll see a couple of those. Uh, but like I said, today we're going to talk about our top 10 favorite movie characters. For our lists, any character in a movie qualifies. So protagonist, antagonist, supporting characters, just any character qualifies for this list. However, they have to be fictional, so no characters based on real-life people. For example, Daniel Day-Lewis as Abraham Lincoln from the movie Lincoln would not qualify for this list. So with that in mind, Trevor, what are your honorable mentions? All right, my my honorable mentions would be Samantha from Her... Um, the genie from Aladdin. Oh, dude, I didn't, I did not think of that. Yeah, Samantha from her. I, I thought of that, and I was kind of back and forth. She barely made the list, but I just, I love that character. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, fourteen. Okay. Um, let's see, genie from Aladdin, then Ellis Boyd Redding okay. from the Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman's character. Okay. Red from Us, specifically the. I'm trying to Adelaide. That's a confusing one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the one for, that lived most of her life underground, specifically. So the one that was taken underground, the one that was swapped. Yes, the one that was... And, and had the crappy life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my... The actual Adelaide. Yeah, and my last honorable mention, you're not going to like this, but you've never actually finished the movie, um, Manny from Swiss Army Man. 
I hate that movie. I'm never finishing it. It's a really good. <laughs> it's, it's a really good movie, but it's a very specific audience that would like it. Um, yeah, that's not my thing. Yeah, the, the humor in it is just stupid. I just love this. I love the way this character is written because he's basically a corpse that wakes up, and and that one's Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, that's right? Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, and he has to relearn everything from this one guy's perspective and the way he yeah. teaches him and um, how he perceives the world from a very um, innocent perspective is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, so before I get into my honorable mentions, I want to say that I'm going to talk about certain characters I mentioned in my top 10 villains list and some of which I am mentioning today uh, and some I'm not. So you may notice that certain villains that are ranked lower than others from that villains list are in my honorable mentions, but it's just because I think they're more interesting characters, not necessarily better villains. And that episode was kind of, I ranked it by which villain was better or which villain I thought was more interesting. This is more character. So anyways, I have seven honorable mentions. I added two. So number seven for my honorable mentions, Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer from Bat- Batman Returns. Uh, that's one of my favorite Batman villains from any of the movies. And I thought her adaptation of Catwoman was awesome. Uh, Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins from Psycho. That's a great villain. Very interesting character, especially if you watch Bates Motel, but I'm specifically just talking about the movie Psycho. Um, Ilsa Faust, uh, played by Rebecca Ferguson from Mission Impossible. She was in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Fallout, so the two most recent movies. She's really cool. She's kind of like this double agent um, character in that series who's able to... She's like the first character that's actually able to kind of um, compete with Ethan Hunt, which is Tom Cruise. And that is my next honorable mention, which is Ethan Hunt by Tom Cruise uh, from the Mission Impossible series. Everybody likes, you know, James Bond or Jason Bourne or John Wick. No, Ethan Hunt. That's the dude. He's awesome. He does his own stunts. So um, and then John Keating from Dead Poet Society played by Robin Williams. Love that character. That's a great character. Oh, I didn't even think about um, that movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a, if any, I love that character. I don't know if any characters would have made my top ten or honorable mentions. I'm not sure, but some of the some of them would have been close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, Palpatine, Darth Sidious, whatever you want to call him, same thing. Played by Ian McDermott, just from the you know the Star Wars series. Awesome villain. He's the best from the whole uh, uh, from Star Wars. Best villain in that in that series. He's uh the puppet master he's the one that's actually going on he's one doing everything behind the scenes he's the smarter villain so i like him better and lastly my my favorite honorable mention i have here is neo aka thomas a anderson played by keanu reeves from the matrix i'm actually surprised that didn't make your top 10 really yeah just because of how much i know you love the matrix yeah i love the matrix i just there's just some characters that i i really love um, he's very close. He's very close, obviously, because that was like my top honorable mention. Uh, but you know, speaking of top ten, what is your number ten? My number ten, I didn't even expect to be in my top ten. But when I started comparing all the characters I was thinking of, this one just kept climbing mm-hmm. the ladder. Um, but Ki Jung from Parasite, the daughter. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I didn't expect her Why? to be in this list, but um, I don't know. I, I guess. My f- something I really connect with, I guess, or something I really like about um, certain movie characters that I really look for 
is yep. characters that are intelligent. I usually tend to like the more intelligent characters in movies. Yeah, she was definitely a very smart character. Yeah, she was by far the smartest of all of them. And she was the one that always came up with the plans and all the um, yeah. all the crazy ways like to get everybody fired so they could get into the house. It was just her character was really cool. And the way um, the way she interacted with both the both her family and the Park family was she was extremely comfortable. She was the most comfortable with both, which I liked a lot. I thought that was really cool. She was really good on her feet. Like she was able to improvise really well. Yeah, definitely. That was an interesting thing about her character. She's probably my favorite from that movie. I know you love that movie. I like that movie, um, but I think it's pretty overrated just because of how much everybody has been raving over that movie. It's been driving me insane. <laughs> yeah, I I love that movie. Um, it's in my top five mo- favorite movies of all time, but... I, I would have had her higher, I guess, if some of these other characters didn't just really blow me out of the water. I mean, some of these characters are from movies that the ones higher up are from movies that I gave like, I don't know, three, three and a half stars. But um, yeah. it's just the character itself didn't rise to the occasion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah, she's probably my favorite character from that from that movie, Parasite. That's a great movie. Um so my number ten is Edward Scissorhands, played by Johnny Depp from obviously Edward Scissorhands. I don't know if that surprises you or not. You know I love that movie. Yeah, though. I didn't expect I didn't expect to hear it, but it doesn't surprise me that it's in there. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, so just kind of on a surface level, the look of the character is really cool. You know, it's just like gothic style, classic Tim Burton. You know, um, kind of a frightening look of this character, especially because they he's placed into like this normal town with neutral colors you know um so he's like when i say neutral colors he's this character that's all neutral colors and then he's placed in this very colorful happy town and they, it just kind of scares everybody um but i do love the performance from johnny depp of this character because everything that he has to convey is not really through dialogue it's through his facial expressions and his body language and it's easy to empathize with this character because of the situation he's thrown into. And like the analogy I like to have for this character is he's almost like this rescue dog that's had a really rough life and they place him into a home with caring people. And he's unsure of kind of like what to do and how to live just because he's so uncomfortable and is in a different place and everybody's afraid of him or he thinks everybody's afraid of him, whether they are or not. But I I like the, the way you're able to empathize with this character. Um, my favorite thing about this character is what he stands for. He's a metaphor for an outcast. You know, he's uh, he shows how isolation affects an outcast and how um, and through that, how others conform just to normalcy, you know, and how nobody accepts him outside of the Boggs family, which is a family that took him into their house. And ultimately, he ends up being the outcast that has to go back to where he came from. And I just think he's a because of that, he's a very empathetic character and he's a character uh, a lot of people can appreciate because of that and I think he's um, a relatable character for some Um, so yeah and I I just kind of like the message that comes with the character but that's pretty much why I like Edward Scissorhands yeah that is a really good movie Um, I haven't seen it in a while 
Uh, I've been thinking about giving it another shot, but it's it's always kind of Tim Burton for me. I'm always back and forth with him. I feel like I have to be yeah. in the right mood to watch a Tim Burton movie, and if I'm in the right That's mood, fair. I love it. And then other times, if there, it just, I just don't click with it. I guess he has movies I love, then he has movies I really don't. And but the ones that I I love, like I could watch whenever. But I, I get what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So what's your number nine? My number nine is Tyler Durden Fight Club. That's a good one. So that one was that's yeah, a really good. That one. one's interesting to me because technically, like I mean, spoiler alert, um, they are the same person, both Brad Pitt and Edward yeah. Norton's character. So I love for one, I love the way that it was written. For you never really realize it when you're watching the movie until the very end. But Edward Norton's character is who you're mainly focused on the entire time, and you never learn his name. Like not once. In yeah, the he's just movie. the narrator. Yeah, he, he he doesn't even have a name. He's just yeah. the narrator. Um, and then at the end of the movie, you find out oh, he is Tyler Durden. Um, but I'd say the main thing I like about this character is how he's able to influence everyone around him, and with just one side of him, it's like he influences people without even knowing it. And I think that's really cool. He starts this entire essentially like i don't even know what what to call it a rebellion like i don't even an organ yeah an organization i don't know but a secret club yeah i don't know um fight club yeah the <laughs> fight i mean he starts the fight club and yeah without even realizing what it really is and what he's actually doing um yeah and i, I love i love that especially at the end when he kind of the two kind of become one even though it, it seems like one's defeating the other, but in reality, they're just kind of becoming the same. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I almost had him for my uh, honorable mentions. There's a lot of Brad Pitt characters I was thinking of. I don't even, I don't think I ended up having any, but there are so many that I was very close to putting in my honorable mentions. That's one of my favorites of of his characters, though. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah. Uh, so my number nine is Severus Snape from Harry Potter, played by Alan Rickman. I don't know if you saw that coming or not. Yeah, I definitely saw that um, coming. I can't spoil anything about this. And if you're listening, you probably have seen Harry Potter and you know everything about Snape. Trevor has not... He's seen, he's seen all the Harry Potter movies except Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows Part 2, which are the crucial movies to watch if you're a fan of Severus Snape. Yeah, and I, um, I know most of the stuff that happens when it comes to Severus Snape... But I don't like. It, it seems like there are some things I don't know. Just be, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what I. Yeah. I don't know what I know and what I don't know. But um. Right. It's. I mean, I I, I know the characters. I know Snape's story arc. I know it's. Um, it kind of goes back and forth a little bit, and you start. You but think, you, I guess you don't know the, all the all the details. Yeah, I mean, I know you think it, he's one thing, and then he turns out to be another. Um a very important yeah, character to Harry Potter and his family and all that. But um, on a surface level, like you're not wrong, uh, but there's just so much more to it. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything just because once you like see all these twists and turns that go on through this character, it's, it's so cool to watch. I think he has one of the greatest character arcs of all time, just because of how things change and how you're, um, understanding of what this character has been up to this entire time it changes and it, it makes you look th through the entire franchise in a different lens I think he's a really fascinating character he's very complex definitely very complex um, 
and like I said, there's just so many twists and turns that come with this character. Um, and by the end of the franchise, he has a surprising and unexpected amount of depth and emotion that comes with this character. And um, that was really cool. Um, I, I really love that about that character. I just can't spoil really anything because I don't want to give away the surprise for you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I know you've seen the majority of the Harry Potter movies, just not the two that are very crucial for that character. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, great character. Alan Rickman was awesome as Severus Snape. Um, so what's your number eight? My number eight, I feel like this one will surprise you, but I don't know. Uh, Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know how people say Pirates of the Caribbean. See, I say Caribbean. Caribbean. And I know people. I say Caribbean when I'm talking about like the actual place, but when I'm talking about those movies, I say Caribbean. See, I, I say I say Caribbean because it's it's the Caribbean, but yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean just rolls off the tongue, you know. Eh, um, all right, but I, I I love that character. That's a good one. Yeah, I I like that character a lot. Even though, like, I enjoy these movies a lot, but it's not like my favorite franchise or anything or um it's yeah. probably not even top five but i think the no, character i think the character jack sparrow is i w- just one of the one of the best written characters like he's just there's so much to this character um that you see throughout the movies um and it's like on the you, most of what people see is on the surface, you know. Most of what people see is the he does whatever he wants, has a good time, whatever. But yeah, if you really pay attention to what all that he actually does, it's less of having a good time. He's doing things that like he needs to do to like he's doing things to help people. He's doing things to save people, and it doesn't right. really fit the rest of his character. So it's it, it's very clear that there's a lot more to him without being without explicitly saying there is more which I I think is written very well interesting yeah I haven't thought about that before he's been a fairly surface level character for me kind of like you were talking about I actually rewatched The Curse of the Black Pearl the other day uh, sometime last week and I hadn't seen any of those movies in a while and I remember loving Curse of the Black Pearl then I watched it and I was like what I was I didn't I honestly didn't remember a thing of it I like I I thought I remembered it very well, and then I got to the movie. I was like, I don't remember any of this. It was weird. I loved it when I was a kid, and I liked the first three, the second two, or the four and five were like, meh. But the I remember loving the the first three, and I watched it, and I was like, it's just all right. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I really I really liked the Curse of the Black Pearl. For some reason, all the rest of the movies blend together for me. And right now, like I keep, I always forget what happened. I forget what happens in what movie. Like I know all the stuff that happens, but it all just kind of morphs into one conglomeration of like pirates. And I have no idea what, what, what is assigned to what movie. I like Jack Sparrow is my favorite character from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, but I also like Elizabeth Swan from that series as well. She'd be my second favorite character from, from that franchise. Um, But my number eight, is Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, you know this. I mean, I've loved Spider-Man for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, pretty much since I was extremely little. And Trevor and I grew up together. Our families have been friends forever, and um, that's how Trevor and I know each other. And we grew up watching all these comic book movies. And Spider-Man 
I've always loved Spider-Man. He's always been one of my favorite characters. Um, and I think Tom Holland is the perfect Spider-Man. And, you know, though his movies aren't necessarily the, like, traditional Spider-Man movies, they're, they're different. Like, you know, one's in D.C., one's in Europe. And everything else he's done has been kind of like a... Um, you know, he's been collaborating with the Avengers and all sorts of stuff. So, I think he is the perfect Spider-Man that uh, to date. But I want to see a more traditional Spider-Man movie. Like, I want the next one to be more traditional, but now with everything they just announced with the character, it's like, they're definitely going Spider-Verse. They, Doctor Strange is in the movie. Jamie Foxx is back as Electro somehow. So, some multiverse stuff's going on, but I'm still excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But to me, it just feels like Tom Holland brought the comic book Spider-Man to the big screen, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree. Um, Tom Holland is by far the best Spider-Man that we've had so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. The only reason that Spider-Man... I mean, I didn't even consider um, Tom Holland Spider-Man for my list is because despite the fact that he is the best Spider-Man, um, I wouldn't put him up there in you know best movie characters just because... I don't know. I guess, I mean, my criteria... or I guess not best movie, but my favorite movie characters because for me, those... Yeah. Um they have a little bit of overlap, like being someone who's like pursuing a career in screenwriting. I have a tendency to love characters that are well-written, um, and love characters that are, that fit well in the plot and fit well with the other characters. Um, and Tom Holland, Spider-Man, I feel like it's almost the other way around. They seem to fit, characters and plot to um spider-man himself like it's kind of reversed which i think because of the circumstances though with the mcu in, in general it works very well i mean it does don't get me wrong um but as far as the character characters to me aren't usually as impressive or entertaining to watch when the story's built around them as opposed to them being put into the story I guess so, but I feel like, in a sense, all superhero movies have stories built around them. Yeah, and that's, I mean, little um, to to a little spoiler from my list. I don't have any superheroes um, in the in my list. I don't have any, which is uh, it surprised okay. me a little bit because I kept thinking about all the different superheroes. And I was like, I'm bound to have one of them, but I really couldn't think of one that I would that I know I would Hulk's put your favorite there. character, but I don't think like Hulk's been done justice yet oh completely you know? agree like i i like i liked edward norton and mark ruffalo i never watched the eric bano one but um i like edward norton and mark ruffalo but it's just like hulk's never really had a great movie and he hasn't had to he hasn't had the chance to like stand out on his own properly you know yeah but, um but anyway um yeah, so Spider-Man, I love that character. One of my favorites. It's pretty much like I threw him in there because I just, I love Spider-Man, you know. Um, so, anyway, what's your number seven? My number seven is Cliff Booth from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dude, that was another one I almost put in my honorable mentions. There's so many great Brad Pitt characters, but, and, and I hate that there wasn't any I, was, I wasn't able to put in the list. I, I was yeah. trying to pick between like four or five, but... Yeah, anyway. I put Cliff Booth in there because this one is kind of different from um, 
a lot of my criteria. I usually like the more intelligent, complex characters, but Cliff Booth is just a, I mean, he's a very simple, cool guy. he's just a cool guy. He's just a very simple character. And, yeah. but for this movie, for everything that happens um, from start to finish, he is very well placed. He just fits in this storyline so well with everything that happens, everything that goes down, especially at the end. Um, he's like the perfect piece in this movie. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anywhere close to as good without this character written exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't as be the same was. without. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same without Cliff Booth. He was kind of sure. a foundation, I guess, of the of this. Um, movie you know everything yeah everything that happened kind of came from him like um he was kind of the connection between like all the participating parties yes. in the story yeah, that's what i was trying you know? to say i it wasn't saying it very well yeah. but yeah that's exactly what i was trying to say <laughs> yeah yeah but that i think yeah he fits the movie well i see what you're saying and i just kind of like how um he kind of connects everything he brings everything together just because of his character and then at the end with everything that happens and how it all unfolds, how everything ties together is so awesome and hilarious and disturbing. And it is an extremely bizarre combo. It shouldn't work, but it does because Quentin Tarantino is a genius. Yeah. As much as I love like twist endings and sci-fi thriller movies and stuff like that. I mean, the ending of that movie is one of my favorite movie endings. I mean, it's at, it's in the running to be my, number one. I haven't really ranked my movie endings yet, but like it's in the running for my number one. Um, yeah, I just love, I did an episode on, yeah, I did an episode on my, um, top 10 favorite movie endings. I I'm pretty sure I put it in there. Yeah. I li- Yeah, you did. I listened to that. Um, okay. I listened to that one and I'm still kind of working on mine, but that one's up there. Yeah. Um, I haven't just, I haven't just, I just haven't ranked them yet. Yeah. That's a great character though. I, I almost put him in, um, my honorable mentions, but, uh, but yeah, so my number seven, this is a movie you haven't seen. Oh. Uh, John Coffey from The Green Mile, played by Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, I still got to see that. I've been wanting to see that you for You really so need long. to see that, especially because of how big of a fan of The Shawshank Redemption you are. It's an amazing and Frank movie. Frank Darabont, it is, it is. Frank Darabont directed Shawshank, and he directed um, The Green Mile. Um, and I think you really need to watch the movie just because of that and how much you love Shawshank. Um, I can't spoil anything about this character because if I did, it, it would pretty much ruin the movie for you. Um, but you know, Michael Clark Duncan, unfortunately he passed away, which is very unfortunate. Um, but he is this huge dude that people think is very scary. And it turns out he's actually a very sensitive guy. He's nonviolent and he's a truly caring guy. Um, and there's a lot of depth that comes with the character and, um, again, like it's hard to say all this without spoiling anything. I think this is the last one I, I can't spoil because you haven't seen it. But um, when you watch the movie and you kind of see the inspirations that they drew from to put this like Stephen Stephen King was the he wrote the book and then they adapted it into the movie. But so when you see kind of like how everything was written and what inspirations um, or what the inspirations were for for the story, and you see what this character stands for. It's very interesting, and interesting how they took something like that and put it in like this modern day prison story. Um, there's also one quote he had um, that 
was just it, it hit me pretty hard. Most quotes don't. There's a few that do, but it was kind of like the way he he said everything the and the the context around everything that was going on. It was a very meaningful quote. The character has a lot of meaning, and um, it's just it's just a very great story, and I love that character. But you really need to watch that movie. I really wish I could say more about it, but I don't I don't want to spoil anything for you or people that haven't seen the movie. I hope maybe I convince people to go watch it because it's a great movie. It's very long, though. Very long movie. Yeah. But you should definitely check it out. That's the only reason I haven't watched it yet. I mean, it's like three hours. Yeah, I, think. I know. I've been wanting to watch it ever since I saw Shaw, uh, Shawshank like a couple years ago, and I, I still haven't gotten around to it just because I'm kind yeah. of dreading it as far like because that timestamp is is a lot. That's. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like slightly over three hours, like three hour, three minutes yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it's close to that, um, I'm pretty sure. But it's it's worth it. It's worth it. A little bit of a slow burn, yeah. but it's worth it. I'm very excited about it just because like, it's it's Stephen King and um, Shawshank was very also. Different Stephen Shawshank King. was Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. Which, it the fact, I, when I learned that was Stephen King, that kind of blew my mind because all the Stephen King stuff I'd seen in the past was just crazy horror stuff and yeah, shiny um, yeah it which i mean yeah. I, those movies are excellent like i've always really liked those but the mm-hmm. shawshank redemption was just a whole new side of stephen king that i loved so much so that's why i really wanted to see yeah it's Green more Mile. of like a yeah it's a less definitely less scary not even scary at all and more of like a it's just drama good story yeah you know um but yeah it's a john coffee by uh, played by Michael Clark Duncan, one of my all time favorite characters. As soon as I watched the movie, he instantly became one of my favorite characters. Hmm. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out. Um, so what's your number six? My number six is Forrest Gump. From uh, yes, from Forrest Gump. One. Yeah, <laughs> my name is Forrest Forrest Gump. Yeah, I love this character. Kind of similar to the reason I love um, Cliff Booth character. I mean, they're very different characters, but I like them for similar reasons. The the way they fit in the story, like they're both very simple okay. characters. Forrest Gump is a bit is is a good bit more com is more complex than um, Cliff Booth, but yeah, he's the main character. It makes sense. Yeah, um, but he fits in this story, and you're just following him the entire time as just all these uh, you know historical events are going down. And I feel like even though he is, you know, he's a char- he's a disabled individual, um, he is extremely relatable to everyone, anyone and everyone, yeah. because of his. I feel like he connects to our more innocent side, um, to our more pure. Yes, yeah, side. I could agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I. Um, he kind of has a simplified perspective on life, and it kind of. The fact that it's just so simple just kind of makes you go, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's almost so simple as profound. You know, I, I, yeah. I love it. Uh, the way that um, the dialogue in that movie is done very well. The way he's written, um, just his actions, his words, his movie quotes in that movie. I mean, the amount of quotes I love that Forrest Gump says in that movie is about as long as my arm. I mean, I just, I love every every yeah. time he opens his mouth, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, he's life he's is excellent. like a box of chocolates. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, he's an awesome character. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I don't know why you did that. Let's move on. 
All right. So I, I, I love Forrest Gump. Love that movie. Love that character. I've, I've watched the movie countless times. Yeah. Um, so my number six is Hannibal Lecter played by Anthony Hopkins from Silence of the Lambs. You probably saw that coming. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew he was going to be in your list. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you listen to my villains episode, he is my second favorite villain of all time. Um, one of the greatest characters ever. He is extremely uh, intelligent in a very unsettling way. And it's kind of unlike any other character. because So he's this former forensic psychologist figure who is also a cannibalistic serial killer. So the interesting thing about him is that he uses his skills and his intelligence that he you know gained throughout his career to his advantage... Um, in a very extremely sadistic and crazy way, because he's a psychopath, and that just all that combined, it just makes for a very interesting character. Now, and um, are you specifically focusing on Silence of the Lambs, or are you including yeah. Red Dragon and Hannibal? I haven't seen those. Okay. Yeah, only Silence of the Lambs. Um, I I'm curious to watch the other two. Um, I've heard Red Dragon is but, good. I've, I, ha- I haven't heard very good things about Hannibal, but I've heard Red Dragon yeah, is good. Yeah, I kind of just hear mixed to not so great things about both, so I just kind of don't go for them. I mean, compared... You know, I just don't really want to ruin Silence of the yeah, Lambs Yeah, I mean, me. compared to Silence of the Lambs, I'm sure they're both terrible, but... Um, I, right, I've yeah. Heard, I've heard the Red Dragon, like, as a movie itself, is, is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to check them out at some point, Um I'm just not in a rush, you know? Yeah. Um, so the thing that I really love about this character is how he instantly knows somebody without ever meeting them before. So like in the beginning when he meets, um, Jodie Foster's character, um, Clarice and she goes to do a, yeah, Clarice, when she goes to meet him for the first time and he's basically like got her figured out instantly, and like precisely he knows exactly who she is and he knows exactly how to get underneath her skin and he's just an extremely intelligent character in such a wrong way but uh it's it's he's insane but great villain and anthony hopkins performance is amazing in in that role it's great um i don't know i'm assuming i feel like we might see hannibal lecter in your list yeah, I, uh, we, I we might we might see him okay well before we move on to our top five favorite movie characters be sure to follow or subscribe to the mcneil and friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and a review if you want to help support the podcast you can follow the mcneil and friends podcast on instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast message me through instagram to let me know who your favorite movie characters are you can also follow me on letterbox at mcneil mollican letterbox where i post the movies i watch and write reviews also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. Lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon and support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com and you can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. So Trevor, what is your number five? It looks like you're killing a spider on your wall or something. No, sorry. My computer is about to die. And that would not be good. No, that would not. I'm we sorry. would lose everything. I know. No, you're good. It's a good thing you noticed that. Yeah, I'm at like 10%. And 
and I was at 30 when no, we got to number good. seven. So, okay, yeah, we've it's uh, going fast. Anyway, what's your number five? All right, my number five is Louise from Arrival. Louise from Arrival is that is that Amy Adams' character? Yeah. Okay, I just always know her as Doctor Banks. Yeah, Louise Banks. Whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I had that. Yeah, I mean mental fart. Mainly because um, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's character says Doctor Banks, Doctor Banks, like over and over again. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like never shuts up. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Top ten for sure. Oh yeah. Top ten of all time. Yeah. So why do you like this character a lot? Um, I would say her perspective on everything. She is a linguistics expert thrown into the mix of communicating, you know, tasked with the job of communicating with these aliens. And she's forced to work with a scientist who she works well with, but he doesn't see things the way she, I mean, he sees things through science and, um, not, and that's, that's like the only way he can see things really. Yeah. Everyone else she's working with is just a soldier. Like all they want is answers. They don't care how it's gotten. They, they just want to make sure if, um, they just want to make sure that if these aliens are here to hurt them, then they know and they can, you know, destroy them. That's all the military is concerned with not being, you know, attacked or attacking first, whichever one. Um, so her, she comes at it from a very different angle. She, instead of, you know, trying to just commu- like get an answer out of these aliens, she tries to communicate with them like um, by just the simplest things, you know, introducing herself and taking it step by yep. step. And um, it's just the way she views the aliens as she doesn't really view them as just like these crazy, like these aliens that might destroy her. Like she views them as just another individual, like as, as equal to herself. Then they're just two equals on different playing fields. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. She's a great character. Um, I think the thing I like about that, and she was all, almost an honorable mention for me. Um, what I like about her character is kind of her is basically her arc and kind of, the perspective that she gains by the end and the way she's able to see things differently and view life differently and the choices that she makes at the end of the movie and how she, you know, basically she chooses her life. She doesn't, and she, uh, without spoiling anything, that's kind of how I can put it. Yeah, it's very difficult to explain without spoiling anything. Um, yeah, it's a movie I, I don't really like. I don't want to spoil it because it's such a fascinating movie if you're into that genre, you know? Yeah, I've watched it countless times. I mean, I've, yeah, I've noticed you've logged it on Letterboxd a lot. I just, I just <laughs> keep I just keep showing people because I yeah. love to watch it. I love to watch it. I could watch that movie as many times as I can. I mean, every time I watch it, I see some I catch something new. Um, yeah, but my favorite yeah, thing is too. to see everyone's face at the end. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, but, you know, better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that movie. I mean, it's a movie that it's it's interesting to see people. Everybody has a different interpretation of kind of like the end of the movie, you know? Yeah. The way everything unfolds. And I, I, I like hearing the different perspectives that people have on it. 
Yeah, the um, parallels between the beginning and the end. I don't know if you've ever noticed how it aligns. Like if you were if you watch like the first like probably two minutes and the last two minutes, it is a, the scenes are aligned very well, and yeah. it shows how she's both changed and stayed the same. Um, yeah, in this exactly. time, yeah. and I love that. I love it so much. Yeah, I've, I've definitely picked up on that. It's it's a very fascinating movie mm-hmm. for sure. With deals with some very rich themes and basically just because of that character arc, you know. Yeah, it's almost like her perspective changes completely, but who she is remains the same completely. Mm-hmm. And I just the how that is written, like how you can write a character to both change and stay the same is very impressive to me. So yeah, she, yeah. she made number, she made number five very easily on my list. Yeah. That's a great character. Uh, so my number five, I feel like this is probably going to surprise you. Um, Hiccup horrendous haddock. The third from the how to train your dragon trilogy. It does surprise me. I wouldn't expect it to be that high on your list. Um, It wouldn't have surprised me as like an honorable mention or like a number 10, but number five, it's... Yeah. So it's pretty much because of kind of like personal relatability reasons is why I have this character so high. Um, And and that's why I love this character. Um, And it's really because as the movies were released... Like so, the first movie came out in 2010. Second one was 2014, and then the third one was 2019. Each time I went to go see it, one of those movies in the theater, Hiccup and I were roughly the same age and going through the same stage of life, which was very interesting to me. And every time I went into watching the next How to Train Your Dragon movie, it was like I was like, okay, so we've gone through the exact same stages of life throughout these nine years and it was really cool yeah i never actually That's, looked at it that way i never realized um the i never thought about the connectability like as far as my age being so similar to his watching those movies yeah yeah i mean you're a year older than me so it, it would apply to you as well yeah, it would be i mean it'd, um, be, it'd be pretty much the same but i never I, I usually don't think about stuff like that i guess yeah i i, I tend to for whatever reason but so i really like this mo- I really like all three of the movies. Um, and the first one was, I, I, I distinctly remember seeing it in the theaters. I was 10 years old and um, it was very captivating. And I instantly was able to relate to the character because of his perspective on everything. He's another one of these outcast type characters. He's very different. Um, but his perspective on kind of how their village operates um he makes everybody think differently. He makes everybody understand kind of like we need a change. We need to, um, you know, this isn't, we're not, we're not treating the dragons correctly. We need to work with them whether rather than work against them, you know? Uh, so he's different from everybody else. And, um, like I said, he's initially kind of like this outcast character, but throughout the trilogy, he discovers that he has these true leadership characteristics and grows into being, uh, you know, like this brave hero figure, especially with everything that happens in the second one that kind of changes, um, you know, kind of what he has to do in the village. Um, 
with everybody that and how he kind of has to start ruling everything at that point. Um, I don't know. It's very interesting and just kind of the way he makes an impact on his, you know, his family and his friends and the village. Um, this has always been very interesting to me and just kind of the personality of this character and, um, just kind of the way he thinks and the way he does things. I've just always been able to kind of relate to even outside of just the stages of life that every time I went in to see one of these movies, we were going through the same thing. Um, but I think just kind of personality wise, I've been able to re- relate to this character in some, some unique way, but yeah, I would say he is a very, he is a very good character. Um, very influential. And I love his story arc or his character yeah. arc from, um, both in like the first movie and in the whole series because his story arc or his his character arc in the first movie is just you know kind of changing from like shy little boy you know nervous and scared of everything to being like one of the bravest people in his village and then from there it goes from being um a boy, you know, who is just, who is in this town. Um, like he, sure. He influenced everybody, but he's still like a kid to being a man yeah. who is a leader, um, of everyone in his town and a leader of the dragons. And like, he's the story arc is similar in both the first, it, the first movie kind of aligns with the whole trilogy altogether. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, he's he's a very good character, and yeah, that was a good pick. I never really would, I never thought about it like that, but yeah, yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, I've always loved that character. There was no doubt in my mind that he was gonna be in this list. Um. So anyway, what's your number four? My number four is the Joker from the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I was. I'm glad he made it in your list. Yeah. Um. I just really like the way he was depicted as the Joker. I mean, the acting was excellent. Um, the way, right, shoot, I'm, I know the actor's name, like the back of my hand. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. <laughs> I know, that's so bad. I, yeah. I, I probably have said his name a thousand times, but now, of course, I can't come up with it. But yeah. anyway. Things happen. Yeah, Heath Ledger nails this role i mean just completely 100 percent. but he doesn't nail the role of the joker exactly he nails the role of his joker of the of the dark knight villain. christopher nolan's joker yeah is he yeah. just encompasses that role the insanity accompanied with the intelligence is yeah. phenomenal yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he's he's definitely, like you said, not comic book accurate, but what he did with that character was revolutionary, and nobody thought he'd be able to top Jack Nicholson, but he did in my eyes. I don't know about yours, but... Yeah, um, he, he did in a lot of ways. Like, for me... I think, didn't you say once that Jack Nicholson's Joker was your favorite? I said Jack... I ranked the Jokers, like, my depending on what you're talking about, I ranked the Jokers differently every time. Because so, which one would be your personal favorite? My personal favorite would be the Dark Knight Joker. 
Okay. I mean, clearly, so, these are my think, favorite movie characters, and he's at number four. Yeah, but you think, like, the best representation of comic book Joker is Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson by far. Okay, that's fair. I guess, it, but it also kind of depends on which, which comics you're looking into. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at more of the traditional ones, the original, like, the Golden Age and stuff like that, then... Then yeah. Yeah, and if I you see, if you look at um like best villains, I would put this Joker in there as well. Um, but as far as I would say best written characters, like best written, um, I guess if like depth of the character, I would put Arthur Fleck mm-hmm. as number one. You know, I feel like he's given much more much more depth and, and it's mainly because he is the main character in the movie um, right it's his movie he has more screen time yeah and and there's no batman yeah and there's well there is batman he's just little bitty little bitty boy well bat boy. I mean, you have bruce wayne but you don't have batman yeah little little brucey <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that um i would say definitely the dark knight joker heath ledger's joker is my personal favorite um okay he just he sometimes it's hard to get your personal favorite out of you because sometimes you're more like I don't really care about which one my favorite is. <laughs> yeah, there, a lot of times I don't. Care. And I'm and I'm like I only care about what my favorite is. I don't really care what's the best. Yeah, you know? I, I like to rank. I, I'm I'm too analytical to think about oh which one do I like more. Like not. <laughs> I'm very analytical as well. I mean you know that, but like yeah. with movies, like I'll analyze when it's appropriate, and then. When it comes to making lists, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I just want to rank by how I want to do it. Yeah, that, I mean, that, you know? that's fair. I feel like most people most people do that. And I'm, I, I'm definitely in the minority when it comes to how I rank movies. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the the Joker, um, he, he's just an excellent, I mean, excellent movie villain. Um, and an excellent foe for... Um, Christian Bale, Batman. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. There aren't none of the other Jokers would have even come close to being able to beat no Christian Bale's Batman. But Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker is he he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick. Great pick. Uh, so my number four. I'm really hoping that we might see this character in your list. I don't know though. I'm feeling like at this point probably not. Walter Mitty. From obviously the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, played by Ben Stiller. Hmm. Yeah, no, you won't see him in my list, unfortunately. But yeah, I was starting. To, I was starting to think at this point, probably not. But that, I know you like this movie a lot. That is a character I didn't think about. Um, that is one I missed. I thought I thought that could happen as well, where you you maybe didn't think about Walter Mitty. But I, he even if he would have made my list, he would have been an honorable honorable mention. He wouldn't have been in my top ten. Um, yeah. So another reason, like, just like Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon, Walter Mitty's in this list for personal relatability reasons. There is no character in the history of cinema that I've been able to relate to more than Walter Mitty. Um, and especially because I saw it when I was 13 and, um, I was able to relate to him very well as a 13 year old. And so basically, you know, Walter Mitty's this guy lives in his own daydream world. He has very vivid imagination. He's another outcast. I guess that's kind of a common theme with my characters, outcasts. Anyway, he's very shy, awkward, introverted. Um, but he has a side of him where he's he secretly craves adventure. And once he goes on his adventure, he discovers that he has this new side of himself that he tapped into. And he learns he's actually secretly pretty cool and confident. 
and came to understand his self-worth and his capabilities. And he learned how to stand up for himself, even put people in their place at times towards the end of the movie. Um, I think his character arc is very meaningful, especially just because of the way I was able to relate to it. Because, you know, I saw it when I was 13. You remember what I was like when I was 13? Very shy, quiet, awkward, weird. Not saying I'm not that anymore. I'm still introverted. Yeah. Not necessarily shy anymore, though. But anyway, the imagination thing and just kind of his personality traits, I was able to relate to very well. And kind of at at 13 years old and where this character starts was exactly where I was when I watched the movie. And seeing the arc develop was very cool for me because in a way, Walter Mitty was like a hero for me. Especially because, um, you remember when we went to go see this when it came out? Yeah. And like towards the end of 2013, and neither one of us were looking forward to seeing it. We just had to go because your sister was young, too young at the time to go to PG-13 movies, so we had to go to PG. Yeah. And this was the only thing that basically that was out that we hadn't seen. So we're like, whatever, we'll just go see it. So I wasn't excited, and I was like, I'll just, I'll just go, whatever. Yeah, that movie blew all of us away. I mean, even even, yeah. even my dad sat there. He was he. My dad didn't expect to like it, and it blew him away. Like, was it, he there? Yeah, he was there. Oh, I thought it was just you, me, and your sister. I couldn't. That's all. That's all I remember. I mean, how did, how would we have gotten there? We were thirteen. Dropped off like we were all the time. I don't. Maybe he was there. I, I don't, don't know. I'm, he was. I mean, he told me he was there. Um, but yeah, he he said he. He wasn't looking forward to that movie either. I don't even know why we went if none of us wanted to see it. But yeah, I'm glad we did though. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have seen it at, at, uh, like today. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, not. But another thing about Walter Mitty is that he spends a lot of time in his head, like in his imagination, and what he's doing is he's 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 visualizing alternate scenarios for the present, and that's very that was very relatable for me because I do that very frequently. I've gotten better at. N- you know, learning when to not do that. Um, but I do have a hard time being in the moment. I'm, I'm constantly thinking futuristically. I'm never thinking in the moment. I'm rarely in the moment. Yeah. And Walter Mitty is a guy that I, you know, he has those same traits and seeing basically at 13 years old, my personality put on screen and then like watching, I was like, Oh, it was like, you know, it was more like I, I could, I can see, I was like, oh, now I see what, like, the direction my personality can go. Not that I'm trying to base my personality off of Walter Mitty, but it's like, he's like a hero figure to me. So I could relate and I could um, figure out how to not be in the moment, how to not be shy, how to not, you know, be a little weirdo at 13 years old. Like, what can I over, how can I overcome my shyness? Yeah. And that was kind of Walt that was Walter Mitty you know yeah that movie is very inspirational I mean it definitely gives you a very it, it, it's kind of a feel-good movie honestly um you watch that movie you feel yeah. like because the way it starts out he's a very shy boring kind of care like he's a very shy boring character um that's more the guy in the background you know he's like a in in real life, he's um, he's like a side character, you know. He just he just he's just kind of there, um, yeah. Until he decides to, you know, take like he just want he wants to be the main character. He even though it's terrifying, mm-hmm. he knows you know he needs to, and um, 
little by little he gets you know with more things that happen that he goes through and he accomplishes he gets more and more confident to the point that he becomes the hero that he fantasized about it's just yeah it is a and beautiful movie i i watched it recently um probably a month and a half ago or so it was very interesting to watch it at this point because now it's been almost eight years i think so i'm 20 i'll be 21 next year um and so it was interesting to kind of watch. Obviously, I'm not the same age as Ben Stiller, but um, just kind of watching that character arc and kind of reflecting on the past, however many years it's been since Walter Mitty came out. I was like, it was cool to kind of you know reflect on where I was when the movie started versus where I am now and how things have changed a lot and how I've learned to be a, a confident person and not, you know, little nervous little shy 13 year old boy you know yeah so i think the movie is very meaningful to me um just you know for personal relatability reasons but uh but yeah love walter mitty's character love the movie too it's great uh so what's your number three my number three i'm hoping there's a chance it's your number three i don't know i'm not sure if it's even in it's your not. list no well maybe it is maybe it is we'll see i don't know my number three is yoda no. Okay, not my Oh, man. Three. I was really hoping it would be. Is it? Is is it up there, though? I can either confirm right. or deny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I put Yoda from Star Wars. Um, he is... He's from Star Wars? Yeah, believe it or not. I know I had to look that one up, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, love, I love Yoda. Um, he's definitely my favorite Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. And... One of my favorite things about Yoda, because usually when I think of Yoda, I think of the prequels, you know, because you get a lot more of Yoda. Really? Yeah, uh, I, you get a lot. You get a lot more of Yoda in the prequels. I usually think of the Last Jedi. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I really don't. I promise I don't. <laughs> um, I hate that movie. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> But yeah, I, I usually think of the prequels when I think of Yoda because you get a lot more. He, he has a lot more screen time. He's um, he's stronger. He, he, you have a fight scene. Um, I mean, you have so much more of Yoda in the prequels. But yeah, what what made me put Yoda in this list is the combination of that with his introduction in the originals because combining the two you you really get a a good um a good feel for who the character is and all the different sides of the character because just one or the other you don't truly i feel like you don't get the full character you know like you you might get the in the um in the originals, you might get the wisdom, but you don't fully get the strength. And in the prequels, you get the strength, but you don't fully get the wisdom. So the combination is is just excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at the character. Yeah. For sure. I know. A lot, I feel like yeah. a lot of people don't usually take the prequels into account when when um, actually thinking about star wars like you're like oh yeah that that story happened but i don't even want to think about like the characters or the acting or anything like that but i mean i get it 
two of the prequels yeah. suck. I mean, Yoda throughout the whole thing, honestly, I like. I mean, I think they did Yoda well in the prequels. Yeah, I would agree. Some people, some people don't like Yoda fighting. I'm like, let's see Yoda fight, bro. Yeah, um, let's do it. I love how he walk um, when he faces uh, Darth Tyrannus, which for some that's Count Dooku. Yeah, Count Dooku. Um, Darth Tyrannus is the only name that comes to my mind when I think of him, and I don't know why. Um, but he walks up on a cane, like he's like he's barely walking. Um, and then yeah. he starts to fight and he's doing like 360 backflips and flying everywhere. It's like, wait, wait, it's like, bro, why do you need the yeah, cane? I know. Dude? And then the fight's over and he picks up his cane and starts waddling away. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love in the, in, uh, the revenge of the Sith where he faces Palpatine at the end. He just walks into this cane, like hobbling in there and you see the Imperial guards and he just, you know, swipes his hand over and they just collapse and are unconscious. Yeah. And then, then he then he drops his cane and he's like, All right, let's fight Palpatine. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? But um love Yoda. Yoda's awesome. But he's not my number three. My number three is Batman slash Bruce Wayne, uh Christian Bale from the Dark Knight trilogy. And I'm gonna go on the record right now and say Batman is now my all time favorite superhero. I'm I'm officially declaring that publicly because it's always been Spider-Man. It's been Spider-Man my entire life. I've always loved Batman, but the older I've gotten, the more fascinated I've become with the character. He's just so awesome. There's so many layers to him. He's complex. Um, now, I've talked about Batman before. I talked about him in my um, top 10 favorite superhero portrayals. He ended up being at number one just because he's my favorite. Um, but... Uh, He's Bruce Wayne. When he's Bruce Wayne, he's very um, intelligent, analytical, determined, and he's an innovative guy with his own moral code, which is he doesn't kill. When he is Batman, he doesn't kill. Um, But he also has this cocky rich guy side that probably could have been explored a little bit more. They did it it more in Batman Begins, but um, Batman Begins, I think, was the best for Bruce, Bruce Wayne as a character. Um, but then he also has this you know, private emotional side that nobody really knows unless you're an audience member in the story. Nobody else really sees that. Um, but then, you know, as Bruce Wayne, he sees the flaws and corruption in the system of Gotham and decides he's going to take matters into his own hands and become Batman. And so, you know, because of he because he's this guy that dresses up as a bat and beats guys to a pulp to the point where they wish they were dead. It's like there's something off about Batman, you know, yeah. there's something a little bit off about a guy who dresses up as a bat to go beat people up because he thinks what they're doing is wrong. And, and generally they are. Um, and I, I understand his mindset very well mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Like, I, I, I really understand Batman as a character. I don't I, I don't relate to a guy dressing up as a bat, you know, beating people up. But. I, I understand his mindset very well. Yeah. Um, but then when he is Batman, he's intimidating, he's intense, he's brave. Um, and the thing that I love, how they how they mesh uh, Bruce Wayne and, and Batman together is um, how Bruce Wayne is this guy with lots of fears. And he inflicts his fears into his enemies when he's Batman. I just think that's genius. Yeah. There's a lot of fears that goes on, like failure, uh, you know, loss, death, bats. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, all sorts of stuff, you know. It's very, very interesting, extremely complex. And what I love about Batman, just on a surface level, is that he's this guy with, you know, a utility belt. He doesn't have any superpowers. He's just extremely smart and extremely awesome and extremely cool. And Batman is dope. <laughs> I love Batman, dude. It's awesome. And so, I do think, like, say we were making this episode, or we're recording this episode in... 2022 2023 after Robert Pattinson's Batman comes out I'm pretty convinced he'll top Christian Bale for me just off really? that trailer pretty convinced pretty convinced you're putting a lot of weight on this movie that's I am that's a lot <laughs> of expectation and they just they just delayed it again they just delayed it again to March 4th 2022 which means the premiere night is March 3rd you know what that means that's that's your birthday Exactly. So I'm going to get to see Batman on my birthday like I did with Wolverine a few years ago. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, lucky. My freaking birthday is on December 30th. I don't get to see crap. <laughs> yeah, nothing Nothing comes nothing out December comes 30th. Out. Everything comes out. Everything comes out the 25th. Nothing comes out on the 30th. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Batman, number three for me. Yeah, I, for sure. Batman, um, Batman, I definitely, yeah, Batman. <laughs> I definitely agree with... Um, I definitely see why you like that character. I, I like Batman a lot. Um, I mean, he he just personal favorite reasons, you know, just personal preference. He wouldn't be in. He, he's not very high, you know. He wouldn't be very high on the list. But yeah, he is a he is a very well written character. Christian Bale specific. Christian Bale Batman specifically, um, very well written. I love his story arc. Um, I personally, I love how almost he's like slightly different in every single movie like there's just like well, one minor yeah, in ways I don't, I don't even know it's, it's like i can't it's like i can never pinpoint it but in each movie it's just something about him is different um and honestly i like that it kind of yeah it, he, i mean it's not like he's different enough to make me think like this is a different character or something like that like why did they write him that way um it just kind of shows like personally i take it as that is kind of being the batman kind of the pressure the weight of it is kind of weighing on him you know it's it's a lot and yeah you definitely of, get that in dark knight rises yeah, and you yeah like it's a slight change and even the dark knight yeah it's a slight change every time um so you don't really notice it with the character until uh, you don't really notice the change but if you look at how he starts batman begins and kind of how he toward the end of the dark Knight rises, like he's quite different. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. And Especially because Batman begins starts off in a, in a, like it's kind of in the beginning, it's got these multiple timelines going on. So you got young Bruce Wayne and then you've also got um, Bruce Wayne when he's being trained by Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, when he's becoming Batman and then it all kind of comes together in the second act. And uh, so, you know, the, throughout the whole trilogy, it's like you got Bruce Wayne, uh, like a college age guy, and then you've got The Dark Knight Rises, which takes place eight years after The Dark Knight. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty significant arc for sure. Yeah, and but like scene by like step by step, you don't notice it. You know, you don't notice the change. You don't even. Um, it's subtle. Yeah, for even sure. movie, even from the end of one movie to the beginning of the next, you barely notice anything. Um, yeah, but it's, I, I do really like the way that's done. Yeah. Yeah. Great character. I love Batman. Mm -hmm. Batman's awesome. And he's now my favorite superhero ever. 
Um, that's been becoming more and more of a thing throughout 2020 for me. Uh, so what's your number two? Hannibal Lecter, Science of the Lambs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I, I figured we see him somewhere in your oh list. Oh, yeah. I, gra- I tend to gravitate toward more um, intelligent characters and... He, he's definitely that. And more and well-written characters and characters that fit well in the plot. And right. Hannibal Lecter is both crucial to the plot, but the plot has nothing to do with him. You know how I said earlier how I like yeah. characters that are that fit into the plot and not that the plot's built around them? He's a, he's a yeah. prime example of that because the plot is between Clarice and, you know, um, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah, he's not even the main villain. Yeah, I know. And I mean, he's a, he's a villain, but he's not the antagonist of the movie. And that's why I love you know? him so much in this movie, because he is a incredibly intelligent character, a very a character with a lot of depth, a lot of backstory that you don't even know, but you know that he has a lot of backstory. You know, like you don't know all the details, but you just know. Just by his name, Hannibal. He's the done can- some crazy yeah. things. Just by his name, Hannibal the Cannibal, and off your first introduction to him, you know just that he's got a lot of history um, that you would. That's yeah. just amazing. There's a lot you could definitely explore with that character. Yeah, just from the second you meet him, you see you you see so much in, in his past, yeah, and so much just about who he is, and. And that's exactly what he's good at figuring out for other people. Exactly. Like, like especially with Clarice, you know, mm-hmm. like she in a way has to work with him, which is very strange and uncomfortable for her as a character. And then, you know, like I said, when I was talking about him earlier, he, as soon as he meets her, he knows exactly who she is. He knows exactly what bothers her. He knows exactly what type of life she's had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. But it, it's an extremely it makes for a very interesting character. Yeah, but he's a yeah, he's like a he's a prime example of a character who is thrown who is put into the plot and fits there well without the plot even be, remotely being surrounded by him. Um Yeah. He takes what is going on to his advantage while helping Clarice. Definitely. I mean everything yeah. that he plots out is so well thought out and well orchestrated. Um, he's one of just he's one of the most intelligent characters and most one of the most well written characters I've ever seen on TV. Like if you ask me if this was a best characters list, um, like best written characters of all time, Hannibal Lecter would be number mm. one hands down. I'd have no problem putting him there. I'm curious to know what your number one is yeah. at this point, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But yes, Hannibal Lecter, very, very fascinating character, very interesting villain. Um, my number two was what you were wanting to be my number three, Yoda. Obviously, he's voiced and, I guess, puppeted by Frank Oz, <laughs> um, except not in the prequels, CGI. Um, so he's Star Wars, obviously. Uh, Yoda has always been one of my two favorite characters for a very, very long time. And you know that. It's always been Yoda and my number one, which we'll get to later. Um, I feel like you got to know my number one. Oh, is. I know your number one. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's always been Yoda, and, and <laughs> I almost said it. Anyway, so Yoda <laughs> definitely has always been one of my favorite characters. Um, and always been my favorite Star Wars character. And it, There's 
that's never changed ever since I was very young when I first was introduced to Star Wars. Um, and, you know, just right off the bat, what I love about this character is how wise he is. And he's known for being, like, an extremely wise character, one of the wisest characters ever. Um, and a lot of that has to do with his age, but also kind of being one of the greatest Jedi ever. He's really rad at being a Jedi. Um, and everything he says is very deep and philosophical. And it's that's partially because of well, the quote itself, but also the the way he phrases his sentences mm-hmm. uh, to where they sound backwards in a way. But and I, and I don't think it'd be the same. I don't think it'd carry the same weight without that particular phrasing. Like if you're you know take any take any Yoda quote and then phrase it like a normal person, it wouldn't have the same weight, um, which is interesting to me, and. His quotes are you can like you can take anything from his quotes and apply them to your life and benefit yourself. Yeah, and that's what I love about Yoda. He's able to do that. He's very smart. He's also tiny and green, which makes him dope. And his crazy fight skills that like, come out of nowhere in the prequels. Some people got problems with it. I don't got problems with yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. His his I fight. Know, I said, his fight I don't scenes have are problems with it. Yeah, I love I love yeah. his fight scenes, and I, I mean I love. His introduction into Star Wars. I mean, on and um, Empire and the Empire Strikes yeah, Back. And the Empire Strikes Back. On is it? What's the name of that planet? Um, Dagobah. Dagobah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Th- that's that's my favorite. Those scenes, the the training scenes on Dagobah and the Empire Strikes Back. Those are my favorite Yoda moments in the entire franchise. Yeah, those are probably mine too. Um, I really, I really like. I mean, it's just the way the character is introduced. You see him as you're shown what what Luke is shown. You're shown this little green guy yeah. that you're like, like he, like this little old guy has lost his mind. Um, but you have no yeah, idea exactly. that he's he's like people were probably like, what an annoying character when when the Empire first came oh, out back yeah. in 1980, and then eventually you're like, oh wait. You're the Jedi he's been talking about. It's like, this little green dude is a Jedi? What? And it's like, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is the greatest thing ever. And he's gone down in history as one of the greatest characters ever. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, I mean, Yoda is awesome. Yoda is freaking great. Yeah, I love Yoda. Um, so, uh, what's your number one? My number one. I'm very curious. Do you want me to guess? You? W- I don't think you'd get it. I won't, because I don't have any guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dufresne from the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. That if I had to guess anything, it would have been from Shawshank, but I was like, but he already used Morgan Freeman's Yeah, character, I know. I, so. I have two Shawshank characters. But, I mean, Morgan Freeman's character was in my honorable mentions. But, um, right, yeah. Andy Dufresne made number one, which I, I didn't even expect, honestly. When I was, like, when I was ranking them, Andy Dufresne just kind of stayed as number one. Like, I threw him up there first. And I kept expecting some somebody else to knock him down one, but no other character did. And he's a great character. That movie is full of great characters. It really is. Um, Andy Dufresne is just—he's incredibly intelligent. He is—he's—he's he's a character I, I, I would say that has a perfect combination of both heart and brain. Um, like he's incredibly passionate and caring and you know strong-willed but he's also a genius and 
Yeah. He, he, he comes up with these crazy plans um, to help himself, to help the, you know, the other prisoners and to eventually get out. And it's just, I just love that character. Everything he does is incredible. One of my favorite things that he does in that movie, and it's always been a very powerful scene to me for whatever reason, where they're on the rooftop. That was exactly what I was about to say. That's my, I was going to say that's my favorite scene. They're on the rooftop and he, uh, you know, they're, they're having, I guess, were they cleaning something up there? I can't they remember were exactly apply, what they were doing. They were applying tar. They were tarring the roof. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, he makes a deal with the police officers, and he says, you know, like, I want you to get these dudes a, a beer. And he didn't want one. He just wanted everybody else to have one. Yeah. I, he wanted them to, and, and he sat by himself while they all had a good time. He just sat back and watched. Yeah, he, and that was his version of a good time. Yeah, he stood up. He stood up to the guards, um, which everyone was like, don't do that because he will kill you. Like, the, these guys don't mess around. You just walk toward him and he'll kill you just for that. Um, mm-hmm. But he does it anyway. He's about to be thrown off the roof, but he makes a deal. Um, and get, yeah, And he gets everybody beard, but he didn't even want one. I love yeah. that so it much. It speaks a lot of who he was as a person mm-hmm. and, and why he shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. That scene is and what comes to mind when I think about that character, and that scene is why he made my number one. That I think that scene, like, that's the scene I think of when I think of Shawshank, mm-hmm. and it's always that's always been my favorite scene from that movie every time I've seen it. It's a great scene. Yeah, it, like, gives, um, it gives me he's, goosebumps He's a very interesting time. character, too. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like I didn't even think about Shawshank characters for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it's just because some I've some characters I'm just more interested in, and then there's some that I've been able to like relate to personally uh, more, and that's kind of how I based this list off of. Well, it's a lot if I if I just really like the character or if I can relate to it. It's a lot easier to to rank char- like to think about characters and to put in this list, especially as your favorite characters who are like who stand out, you know who are yeah. eccentric in one way or another, who are, you know, extremely something, you know? But Shawshank yeah. characters are very real. And that's why Andy Dufresne made my number one, because he's a very real, like a realistic, um, amazing, you know? Like, yeah. he's fantastic in a very real way. Um, yeah. With both his intelligence and just how much heart he has how much he is how bold he is um yeah but he gives everybody hope in Shawshank and yeah it even though it's never explicitly well it is actually explicitly said once by Ellis Boyd Reddington um or Ellis Boyd Redding but um for most That's of them, more your famous character, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Ellis Boyd yeah. Redding, he goes by Red in the movie, but I right. didn't want yeah. I didn't want you to get mixed up because I have two like Reds in my list. So, no, I would I would have followed. I was like, wait a minute, I've never, like who's that? Yeah, like Morgan Freeman's character does say that he that it gave everyone like hope. Um, yeah, but yeah, I remember that. There are there are a lot of ways that aren't explicitly said where he does give the prisoners hope for. Not not even hope to get out, but just hope for a better time, you know. 
uh, not yeah. not being so scared all the time. They'd be able to have a more positive perspective mm-hmm. in, in in a terrible, you know, yeah, setting. Um, the other thing I really like about that character is, or another scene I really like that he did, um, was where he played the the music through the speakers, mm-hmm. um, where everybody could hear it and nobody had heard music in such a long time because they're in prison. Yeah. And how he just locked the door and he just sat in there and is like, I'm the boss. This is what's up. I know I'm going to be beaten up for this. But so yeah, he knew exactly lives. what he was doing. He got, he was thrown in the hole, like, which is like solitary confinement and just a solid black concrete room um, for. He was in there for like what, a week or two? Yeah, it was like, it was a week or two. But you no, know, I think it was just, I think it was actually, that one was just a couple, it was like five or six days. Um, because he he gets thrown in there for a week or two later, but yeah. he he knew exactly the torment he was going to put himself through. But he knew that not just for him, but for everyone, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great character. It was a great pick. I didn't. I'm not surprised that was your number one. I I should have been able to guess that though. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I didn't expect it to be my number one because he's not a character you really think about as yeah. this just. As, as this awesome character, but if you think about him in the perspective of the movie, he's incredible. Yeah, no, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, so my number one is Jar Jar Binks. Okay, now now I know that's not true, but <laughs> if it is, no, it's not Jar Jar. It's gonna make me really happy. If <laughs> no, Jar Jar Binks is terrible. Um, is obviously the Joker, Heath Ledger. The Dark Knight. That's not a surprise. No. Yeah, not a surprise. Not really. I mean, I've I've been the Joker for Halloween before. Um, I've talked about the Joker a ton on this podcast. So I don't want to get too repetitive. If I'm being honest, but, I don't know why I didn't think of the Joker because I mean that that's clearly it makes sense. Um, yeah. But I honestly thought you were gonna have either Darth Sidious or Darth Vader as your number one well Darth Darth Sidious was in in, in, uh, in your honorable mention. mentions I couldn't remember I, I, I knew one of them was and I couldn't remember which one so I figured the yeah. other one would be your number one but no no I like Darth Vader but you know he's just kind of Palpatine's little pawn so true he's not a he's cool but he's not like the boss and he's not he's really not a smart guy anyways so um anyway Joker number one for sure probably no shock um Obviously, he's my personal favorite Joker. You can, you know, go look at the villains list I did. I ranked the Jokers. I've, you know, I've talked about him in ep- plenty of episodes. Um, he's an extremely interesting character because of his philosophy on the system, though I don't agree with him at all. Not one bit. He's got a very disturbed and warped view on just how things should be operated when his view is just that things shouldn't be operated unless just you know, chaos. That's the, that's the thing he talks about a lot is chaos. Um, other thing I really like about the Joker, and this is something that was very true of the comics that they put into this interpretation of the character of his existence is a big mystery. Nobody really ever knows where the Joker comes from there. You can go read, um, certain comics and you'll see that they talk about certain origin stories within this like, but then it's like, maybe it's not even true because maybe that's just something the Joker's making up. Um, maybe it's in his head. So I like that they kept this a mystery. He came out from he came from absolutely nowhere, came out of the blue, and you know, wrecked havoc. So um, 
the thing that's different about the comics is how realistic he is. It's a very realistic take on the character, for, even just from his appearance to his schemes. You know, it's not a it's not a very cartoonish character like Jack Nicholson's version or, you know, just in the comics. She's very realistic. It's it's basically what if the Joker were a real life criminal mastermind and terrorist? Let's place him in the Dark Knight. That's basically kind of what he is. And, you know, like I said, he always talks about chaos. Basically, his the reason he talks about chaos so much, this is very interesting. He thinks you have to destroy a civil society and then everything will be fairer. And it's like, no. No. Interesting. No. Yeah. Definitely definitely not true. He's he's a straight up anarchist. Um and I think characters like that are interesting and he's just the epitome of that. Um and he, you know, is not afraid to express his opinion on how things should be governed, which is that they they shouldn't. Um but the best thing about this character is that he is a great match for Batman. He's not the physical match. He's the intellectual match. He's very good at manipulating. Um, but what's really cool is that he doesn't want to kill Batman. He wants Batman to be part of his game because he thinks he can make Batman see his perspective on anarchy. And if he makes him angry enough and push him over the edge, he uh, and he's like using Batman, who is somebody with a strong moral code. He's doing all this to prove to everybody that humans are naturally immoral and that morals are a result of conformity to society and it's very interesting to think about it's like it's interesting but that is warped that is disturbed you are crazy that'll never work but the reason i'm so fascinated by that is like how does somebody how would somebody even get there it's like what had to happen to this person in order for them to have this viewpoint on the world you know and 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 the fact that he's a big mystery is kind of what allows you to you know, try to think, well, how did he get there? You know, and he even, you know, talks about his origins. Every time he talks about his scars, it's, um, you know, you want to know how I got these scars? You know, it's like, dude, every time it's a different story. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. And that's, you know, Makes her a really good mystery. Makes her a very good character. Yeah, I was going to mention that very, about how he tells different stories character. about his scars. Um, that does it. Uh, that part does align with the comic books about how you know you don't really know where he comes from or any of his past and what's yeah you in, never even know his name yeah and what's in his head um, yeah and that very much shows in this character specifically because even in the Jack Nicholson one you get kind of a backstory. You get, I mean, you get a name. Um, you know who he was before he was Joker, but... In, yeah, Jack Napier. Yeah, but in um, in The Dark Knight, you don't know anything. He just, he just kind of yeah. shows up. And in a lot of ways, like, I don't like that for story purposes, but I love it for... Char- I love it. I love it for character purposes for this movie. Um... Because usually I wouldn't like. Yeah, I that. mean, I could see how it wouldn't work well and something else, but you know, based off what it's, you know, what it's adapted from, it it works very well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I would have like, as far as story purposes go, the reason I don't like it as much is because I usually like to know a little bit about a character's backstory for the future story to kind of set up. Um, why he's doing things, you know, to kind of set up what he yeah. does. 
But for this movie, it doesn't bo- it doesn't bother me as much because it's very crucial to the character that you don't have backstory, and because the character is so excellent, like so well written, um, yeah. and fits the both the story and aligns with the protagonist um, so well. Yeah, he's he's a perfect villain for Batman. Yeah, I, because it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, he's a perfect villain for Batman because he's um. You know, like Batman, like I say, he's very, he's got, he's this guy with a very strong moral code and he has like these physical, um, intimidating matches like Bane. Bane is the physical match for Batman. And then, um, and there are other characters in the comics that are as well, but it's like, but Joker, Joker could not beat Batman in in a hand to hand fight. Batman would kill him, but Batman doesn't kill. So, but Joker, you know, he's. He he matches Batman's brains, but in the complete opposite way. So you got Batman very moral, Joker extremely immoral, and it contradicts. And yeah, it's kind of like it's it's typical good versus evil. But then Batman isn't. He, I mean, Batman isn't the best representation of good, but because he's a little something's a little wrong with him. But yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, it's it's a very interesting, um, you know, pair yeah, to make like a. Yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy, I would say I, I like it because it blurs the line of what's good and what's bad, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Good way to simplify it. Yeah. It, it's it's just such an interesting movie. And I've talked about it enough. Like, if you want to hear me talk more about it, you can, you can listen to my Joker episode. You can listen to. Um, a villain episode, um, but th- this is basically my my cliff notes for why Joker is my favorite character of all time. Such an interesting character. But, um, dude, this was this was a lot of fun. I was curious to see kind of how if our list would have any similar characters. I think Yoda and Hannibal Lecter and, and Joker were the only three that uh, actually were the same. I don't think there was anything else. Um, um, let me let me double check. Real no, quick. there wasn't. Yeah, no, there was I just scrolled back through. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was really interesting to see how it played out. Um, I was kind of surprised by some of yours. Not surprised by some. I think likewise for you as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I was more, I would say I was more surprised about placement for yours. Um, like the order. Okay. Because some of yours I would have expected to be above others, definitely. And you kinda, yeah. some of those you know, kind of caught me off guard. Um but all in all, I mean, I, I definitely I liked your list. Like it was it was it was a good list. Yeah, your your list was interesting as well. Um, but yeah, this was really really cool how it played out. I think there were some interesting interesting things we talked about for different characters. Um, but Trevor, where can people find you on social media? Um, I'm not on social media very much. Um, my Instagram is Trevor dot Vaughn. Um, and my letterboxd is Trevor the Geek. So, yeah, um, please follow me on there. I mean, as far as Instagram goes, I don't really use that. I was actually planning on deleting Yeah, you're it more soon. active on Letterboxd than you are oh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, by a long shot. Um, yeah. yeah, I would follow me on Letterboxd. I'll, yeah, I'll be sure to link your information in the description of the episode. So, uh, but Trevor, once again, thank you for joining me on this episode today. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes in this series, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast on the platform you listen to podcasts so you can be notified when new episodes are released. 
If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations, and once again, thank you for listening. Thank you.